podcast today, CX and Chill. What are we going to talk about? I don't know. I think there should be tequila involved. Okay. We can check the box. All right. We'll get tequila involved. And then Taurus here. Yep. Cybersecurity. Cybersecurity. We're going to talk about products by design. Yes. And how that works into CX in a way people don't think about. CX in a way that cybersecurity doesn't think about. Ah, okay. Yeah. I like that. I think we can map out like the whole uh, life cycle of a customer experience. Okay. And um, how do we overlay modern cybersecurity? That's the whole purpose of customer experience, right? Yep. So like we're developing uh, digital products, digital services at speed. And they uh, have an experience that is something where they're secure in that experience. Right. Okay. And then what about digital transformation? Isn't that a problem in enterprise right now? It is, but it's kind of buzzy. Are we going to be boring and buzzy with it? Hell no. I think we can do <laughs> it much better. Okay. I like it. Let's go. Awesome. Okay. <laughs>
you know, it's more reactive versus proactive, yep. right? And so you're looking at like even cyber more in a proactive way. Yeah, and so I'll answer your last question that I missed. Um, how do we come up with tours here? And then kind of bring out, you know, what you just said is yeah. like the root cause. And so, um, you know, typically business executives, board of directors, they want, uh, they move, they want us to move fast. They want developers to move fast, break things, right? You know, get out of MVP as fast as possible. Um, security is an afterthought, right? And so high quality is an afterthought. Like just get that thing out the door and we'll make revenue on it. We'll, we'll fix everything later. So the money signs. Yes, money, 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 right? Yeah. Like, you know, so um, aligned with, you know, what, why, and what is our why with Taurus here and why did I create it? Um, originally, originally um, the technology started as in my previous firm um, where we were solving problems with our customers. Um, we were delivering products. We were ensuring that security and compliance was built in. So that way we delivered a high quality, secure product um, and it was secure and compliant, right? Mm -hmm. um, it wasn't until uh, <clears throat> a personal story with my daughter um, where she's a type one diabetic um, we have uh, uh, devices that monitor blood sugars, and over time, the mobile application became be, uh, started to fail, right? And so, um, one night, she was a 47 blood sugar. Um, she woke up in the middle of the night. Um, it happened to be three hours. Um, Life-threatening, could have seizures. Uh, it was very scary, right? Mm -hmm. um, and so, that's customer experience you never want to happen, yeah. right? And that's the outcome of not being deliberate on the things that we're building and securing them, right? Mm -hmm. And so through a little bit of research, I was like, what in the heck is happening, right? And so I went to the iTunes store, the Google store, um, saw that this particular metal device, medical device company um, didn't update their mobile application for over two years, right? Mm -hmm. That's insane. Um, operating systems are updating several times a year. That mo mobile application is gonna break. Mm -hmm. And that's what happened, right? Mm -hmm. So that was 2018. Um, that was my kick in the butt to bring this technology out to the market. I was like, this thing has to live, right? And so what's crazy about that, I notified that company about this. I was kind of like a whistleblower, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, well, you had like a viral article too, right? I did, yeah. Um, but that was a year later, mm -hmm. right? So I wrote a white paper. I, I, was, I did a press release like, hey, this is a big deal, right? This ha if this didn't happen to me, and it didn't because I went in the reviews in, in the iTunes store and Google store, it was happening to a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Well, the same exact incident happened a year later, and that's where it went, where it went vital, viral. Mm -hmm. Excuse me. Um, it hit the entire po uh, patient population. Mm -hmm. It showed up on the New York Journal, Washington Post, like all that kind of stuff. And um, it was just a scary time, right? Mm -hmm. And when you do a little research, um, it was they blamed it on compliance. We couldn't maintain our product because compliance. So mm -hmm. as a person that is adopting a medical device that's going to save a life, mm -hmm. right? It pisses you off, yeah. right? You're a billion dollar company and you can't maintain your, your technology because yeah. of compliance. So that you're became You're trying to like save lives and create a healthier person, right. but yet you're letting one of the most important aspects of that yes. completely fail. Yes. Yeah. Very frustrating. So that was the, that was the tourist year. Why? Right. Mm -hmm. And then kind of going back to, you know, back to the money signs. Like mm -hmm. we are a U.S capitalistic society so mm -hmm. capture that money right yeah. and everybody's like oh we'll go back and fix the things yeah untrue <laughs> yeah. we never go back and fix the things no so run as fast as you can yes go as fast as you can we'll figure it out later yep. but usually then it's another problem or more money and you never get back to the place where you're yep. actually trying to figure out what we should have done in the first place exactly yeah so then how do you work to make people more accountable? How do you, like, what are you doing that's different to help like more on the proactive side of product development? Yeah. So, um, we really took, so traditional cybersecurity is a, a very reactive, uh, yeah. approach by nature. If you look at us from a, uh, human nature perspective, mm -hmm. we don't go and fix ourselves from like a medical issue or whatever until you go to the doctor and the doctor's like, stop eating that. You should work out, whatever. Yeah. We we're just like that. So we more looked at it from an engineering perspective of, yes, we understand that we need to do the security things, um, but how do we keep the developers more fluid, right? Mm -hmm. And how do we get the product, meet the demands of the business, right? Which ultimately leads to a better customer experience because yeah. we're launching things fast, right? Mm -hmm. We always want to do that. Yeah. But if we're launching things fast, we should always make them safe, reliable, mm -hmm. high quality, resilient to things, right? Yeah. And so that's, what, that's how we looked at it. Right. And so if you're ultimately delivering and looking at it from the full life cycle, 
you get the product out the door, you have the right integration, automation, you're holding people accountable to be doing proactive things, mm -hmm. then we're ultimately going to be delivering a better customer experience, keeping the speed at the speed of innovation, right? So like now you're actually innovating, um, you're de delivering high quality product, mm -hmm. right? And that's completely different than cybersecurity where they actually want to block the things, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. And so- what, I think it scares a lot of people. It does. Right? Because that's also job preservation. It's something where, uh-oh, we found out something. Like, how long was solar winds in the media cycle? Like, you didn't hear a ton about it as much as you probably should have, but I just nope. feel like there's so much concern over it when we actually know what happens, but we kind of try to, like, yep. you, there's things happening every day, all day. Yes. But I think that there's just, people get concerned, but not to the point where they want to actually go and, like you say, do anything before yep. it happens. It's like, oh, we had this hack, or we had this leak, or we had this happen. And then after the fact, they're going back and trying to fix it versus doing it up front. You're right. Yeah. And I think it's a, a leadership problem. It's an organizational st structure problem. It's ultimately mm -hmm. a cultural problem, right? Yeah. You said um, personal preservation. There's a, there's a lot of people that put their heads in the sand, right? Yeah. And they're like, once you show me these things, I can't unsee them. Mm -hmm. But then like, are my peers going to look at me and be like, oh, I didn't, I wasn't doing my job, mm -hmm. right? But that's not actually the case because, you know, these technologies didn't exist, right? Yeah. So you can't actually blame somebody that if a technology didn't exist. Yeah. But now that it does exist, you should probably be researching and paying attention and bettering, you know, your organization yeah. to protect the customer experience. Yeah. Well, especially yeah. when you have silos in businesses and maybe they don't own all of architecture or all of engineering or development. Mm -hmm. And so then you also have people who are overseeing things who may not have the knowledge on it or transparency yep. to really even understand what's happening. hundred percent. And yeah. that's where the cultural change needs to happen. Right. Yeah. So, um, developers and your DevOps people, you know, people that are moving fast, they're incentivized mm -hmm. by the business side, the board of directors, business leaders, yeah. move fast, get me that product, right? If I'm the CEO of the company, I just sold a big deal to like Apple or GM or something like that. I promised mm -hmm. these features or capabilities. Mm -hmm. And I said, this is going to happen in Q2. Yeah. Okay. I need to do that. Right. Yeah. My team needs to do that. So the, the development side is incentivized to do that. Right. Mm -hmm. They're not incentivized by security and all that kind of stuff. Security is incentivized by kind of saying no, right? Yeah. And so it's we have completely conflict, conflicting ideologies in the mm -hmm. in the environment. Nobody's talking about this. Mm -hmm. Like this is a this is an organizational problem. It's not a technology problem. It's not a tool problem. Yeah. It's a people problem, mm -hmm. right? And so I think if we we look back at how do we evolve our organizations and focus on the people, um, we'll ultimately deliver better, right? Mm -hmm. And now to your point, we're integrating the silos. And we're helping the silos work better together. Yeah. Yeah. IT, I always felt like it was a department of no. Hmm. Anytime I'd go, I'm like, hey, can you guys do this? They're like, roadmap in three years. I'm like, in three years? Like, that doesn't even matter anymore. Right? Like, what is happening? Not There'd relevant. There'd be like outstanding tickets for like two years, right. four years. I was like, is this even a system we use anymore? Why is there still a ticket on it? Yep. So how do you look at like, how can someone really look at cybersecurity and what you're trying to do and like bring it into their business in a way that... You know, especially for a lot of people listening, a lot are in the CX space. Like, mm -hmm. what do you recommend tactically to say, hey, like this is something important and this is how they can maybe bring this up to their organization as, you know, culture and change is also really difficult too or scary yeah. for people. So how can they, like, how have you had really good success trying to get some of these companies to shift? Well, it's funny because like exactly what you just described is like you see a lot of business people have that, right? Mm -hmm. They're like, why can't you guys move faster? Why are, why are we saying no? Um, mm -hmm. I think it's, we've kind of reached that tipping point where um, businesses are having those challenges and problems and they actually see, they're seeing it from the dis different perspectives and they're just getting frustrated with each other instead of actually having real communication. Mm -hmm. And so there has to be some sort of like champion that takes over and says, listen, we're not actually delivering business value or, hey, maybe we need to rethink how we're structured or maybe we need to rethink, you know, how we implement security into things and maybe how do we integrate, you know, design into things? How do we integrate? And like, I think having all these silos is really um, a bad idea. Right. Mm -hmm. And so when I, when you were talking, I heard of, I heard like that old mentality of like waterfall. Mm -hmm. Right. And like, Oh, we have all these requirements and we need to, mm -hmm. why aren't we getting to the tickets and blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Everybody's moved to agile and DevOps, at least yeah. 
everybody claims to, right? So if we're actually doing those things, the business side is actually going to be very excited because now we're meeting the demands of the customer really Mm -hmm. fast, right? So I think if we actually have honest conversations between the different siloed groups, um, we can actually improve our business. So one of the things that I've read about or heard on another podcast you're on or something is that CEOs of the future will lead ecosystems, not companies. I may have a little wrong, not verbatim, but can you talk a little bit more about that? No, you got it. You got it right. Um, and so uh, I think another element of, and like I said, I, customer experience, I kind of see it differently than mm-hmm. I think the show. Um, so maybe I can enhance that um, with, the, with what I mean. So a lot of um, a lot of point solutions are out there, whether it be services, products, whatever. Um, but the goal of kind of leading ecosystems is really listening to the customers, right? So like we're a product company or a SaaS company. Um, I, because I come from a consulting background, um, I was like, wow, I'm continuously hear the same problems, right? Mm-hmm. And challenges of our customers. And so yeah. um, proactively again, right? Mm-hmm. Start to identify different vendors, service providers, whatever. So we can kind of architect a holistic solution. And then when you kind of go sell to the end customer, you're like, no, we are actually solving your problems. Mm-hmm. And we've proactively gone and created an ecosystem. An ecosystem could be, you know, in security, it could be in any type of industry. It could be um, an ecosystem based on SMB market, startup market or enterprise, right? And so mm-hmm. what I meant by that phrase is, um, if we're ultimately customer focused, um, CEOs should be actively um, providing more value to their end customer yeah. and aligning partners, right? And so I want to be the trusted advisor as a CEO to my end customer and say, yep, just contact me. I'll, I'll help you. I'll be that solution architect and um, my team will help vet whatever and we'll, we'll lead an ecosystem. Mm-hmm. And so I think the, the first CEOs that are able to do that um, are going to be the leaders of the future. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting too. So like a lot of what I've focused on in my past is outsourcing. Mm -hmm. So you're doing outsourcing, not from a BPO, like a business process outsourcer, the most unsexy thing ever that everyone's like, what is a BPO memo? I don't even know. I always try to figure out what that (laughs) acronym means. Um, We've had some very interesting guesses, none correct yet, but it's really, you know, what can you do from business process and outsource that? And I think it comes down to there's experts out there who know what they're doing in some spaces. Mm-hmm. And then there's the people who try to do it within a company constraint that don't know what they're doing because that's not what they're good at. Right. So I always talk about like, you know, when I've done some work with like a restaurant company, I'm like, you guys make amazing chicken. You figure out how to deliver food like when it's warm and your recipes, like that's what you need to focus on. You yeah. don't need to focus on when people are contacting you, you know, for other reasons or yeah. whatever that is, or how do you set up a you know, technology infrastructure. That's not what you guys do best. So it's like, let's rely on the experts who actually know that, but can still live and breathe the brand itself. Like the company is trying to to promote. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then from a product perspective, like how do you integrate? Do you have like, when you're working on some of those full ecosystems, like you talk about, or Mm -hmm. full life cycles of a product, how are you helping and going into these teams to really make sure that they know what to do and how to do it the right way? It's a good question. So, um, are you talking about the like our platform or? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so um, what we do is we easily um, integrate via APIs um, into their existing infrastructure, um, and so what we do is we help correlate data. We we have a unified data model that basically um, normalizes, transforms, converts, and correlates the data to something meaningful. Mm-hmm. And why that's relevant and without the technical jargon is like. There's so many tools out there that they yeah. they have so many different types of data, data formats, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. To do that all manually, to arrive at an insight, to actually take mm-hmm. action on, takes weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Or months. And it's so, usually after. After, too, yeah. right. And then, yeah, once you kind of derive yeah. an insight manually, you're finally going to take action. Mm-hmm. It's, it takes way too long, right? Yeah. And so what we've done is we've, we've done the, um, the analytics to where... Um, nobody has to do manual analysis. Like our tool or our platform is so simple. Like you log, once you connect, make the connections, the teams know exactly what their, their, their risks are. Mm -hmm. Um, they're already prioritized. They're already, uh, assigned to what team members that should be dealing with it. Mm -hmm. And you just take action and all in the background, everything's automated. It's running continuously. We're, we're monitoring things and, 
Um, and this is where we solve the problem of, oh, it was compliance, right? Well, yeah. our methodology was, well, if we can just help people take security actions, like just take the action. Here's the action. It's prioritized. Yeah. Just do it. Once you do that, well, you're compliant by default. Mm -hmm. So compliance should never get in the way of security ever again. Mm -hmm. And if we're still focused on traditional cybersecurity, GRC, um, all that kind of stuff. What is not, GRC? Governance risk compliance. Thank you. Okay. Um, <laughs> I so, was like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> and I want to make sure everyone else is listening. Governance risk this. compliance. Oh, that's um, a lot of boring like, topic. That's like a lot of words. Yeah. yeah it's like, okay. But it's, it's really like it's been focused on workflows and like, yeah. oh, we, we're going to do this manual analysis and we're going to come up with our risk register, da, 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 sure. da. And like after many, many months, you're going to see what you should work on. Yeah. But why not give it to the people that are creating the risks to fix it right now? So it's holding people more accountable, but it also sounds like going back to what you're saying, it is actually not as scary for those people doing it because they know the guardrails and they're empowered to do the right things. Yes. Is that right? I like the word guardrails. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you, you've been listening. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, so guardrails, it's really important. So um, we're actually with guardrails um, able to facilitate what the industry is called DevSecOps, right? And what so that what mean? that means... Yeah. <laughs> um, developers are now involved with security in SecOps, mm -hmm. sec security operations. Yeah. So now we're actually facilitating security people um, and developers actually working mm -hmm. together collaboratively yeah. in context, right? Mm -hmm. So this is a security issue. Now they can actually say, oh, this, this is actually a relevant security issue because it's relevant to this thing. Mm -hmm. um, and the security people can help actually solve the vulnerability, mm -hmm. right? Um, so this is actually getting teams working together. This is more of a fluid approach because it's now people-based and people working together yeah. as opposed of depending on the tools. And if we're, if we're depending on tools, we're never going to fix the cybersecurity problem. Well, especially we're, if the tools are all outdated and no one's managing that. Yes, yeah. yes. It, <laughs> we're always going to need people. Yeah. We're always going to need people, right? So like enable your people, yeah. empower your people with more yep. for less. And that's kind of our phrase. But um the, the whole point to that is gates and guardrails. Yeah. The traditional tools provide gates. The gates are there for the traditional people that are saying no. Old security okay. part departments, right? Yep. No. So we're going to block you. Mm -hmm. No, right? And then we're going to block you again. No, mm -hmm. until you fix your stuff. How does that affect speed to market? How does it affect the end, the product getting to market and customers actually using it? Yeah. It's completely against what the business people want. But yet we're allowing cybersecurity people, traditional cybersecurity people to do that. Yeah. Right. So we're not only disrupting the end product in the delivery to market. We're also disrupting some of our most most expensive resources, which are developers and engineers. And we're getting in their workflow and are they're in their way. Right. Mm -hmm. Why are we doing that? We should not be allowing cybersecurity to say no. Keep it fluid. Mm -hmm. Launch the product. Get the product yeah. out the door include these security things in the workflow, mm -hmm. fix it in real time, fix it in the, in the sprints. Yeah. Um, and that's what we, we facilitate. Yeah. So I would feel like I'm not a developer by any stretch of the imagination, but I'd feel a lot more confident if I'm developing and not because it's big brother, but someone's making sure that I'm not going to do something to screw it up. Like there was the whole FAA issue earlier in the summer or late last fall where someone uploaded a document and it mm -hmm. shut down the entire country's flights for the entire day. Yeah. I was like, wait, some developer just updated a document. That seems a little concerning. Yeah. But um, I, I go back to one of my experiences at a company I was at, and we had an internal IT person, and we had denial of service attacks for like six months. So there was something put into a customer chat, yep. and then we had to try to figure out what was happening. The cost on that just from client, you know, we, we had things in our contracts that we had to manage, everything like that. But again, it was always an afterthought. It was mm -hmm. like, uh-oh, what do we do now? Right. But do you see that too, where you can also see when maybe internal people are potentially causing harm? I'm not trying to like say everyone's a bad person, but mm. sometimes they might do something maliciously or it might be in, you know, an innocent thing. Yeah. But that's also something that they can be kind of helping with. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, those are things that we monitor for. And to your point, um, a lot of times it's not malicious. Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of mid or junior level people that are just thrown in the trenches and they're like, get yeah. the product done, mm -hmm. right? Do whatever you need to do. Um, a lot of times these people are new to using mm -hmm. the tools um, or new to coding or whatever, and they, 
yeah, they mess up, they make mistakes, they break things that, or misconfigure things, right? Mm -hmm. Not not so much their fault, but yeah, we should be monitoring for those things, mm -hmm. right? And like, if, if a developer is constantly putting like those type of vulnerabilities where you're getting attacks into the code, that should be investigated, whether it's malicious or not, it should be investigated. Like mm -hmm. who created it? Why does it keep happening, right? And why is it going on for six months? Mm -hmm. Why didn't we fix that when it first happened? Mm -hmm. Right, and you mentioned solar winds earlier. Same thing, like things just keep going, going, going on the timeline. Nobody fixes it. Mm -hmm. That's what's putting us at risk. Yeah. That's what's putting the customer experience at risk. But we, I know we keep on talking about customer experience, but we're starting to see like the venture capital space, private equity. Um, they're actually demanding to start seeing these things, right? Mm -hmm. And so. Um, Joe Biden, like, is actually starting to put regulation out there to hold software vendors liable, software mm -hmm. creators liable for these type of things, because we're just launching garbage to market and then yeah. we're never fixing it. Yeah. Right. So it's really coming down the trenches. Um, partners are wanting to see this of the, of software companies. Um, insurers are starting to want to see this. Right. Are are well, you every actually connection point yeah. could put that company at risk? Right. Hundred percent. So when you look at some of these connection points, it's interesting because. I think there's just a lot of going fast and having a different focus than trying to slow down and do it the right way. Mm -hmm. But there was a Verizon study, and I don't want to quote it specifically, but I want to say like 80%, 81%, somewhere in there, am I close to the numbers, of people who are, they know they're putting stuff out there yep. that is not secure. Yes. No, in terms of I think you're right. I think it's like 79, 80. It's not, it was percent. a very high percentage. But that's the whole thing, right? So like um, you put gates, right? Yeah. In traditional tool sets in an environment. Well, guess who are some of the most smartest people in the environment? The engineers, right? So if they don't like the process, they're going to circumvent the process. Mm -hmm. Or they're going to be like, hey, CEO says we have a deadline. So yeah. you're going to push this through, right? Mm -hmm. So 79, 79% yeah. to that, to your point, knowingly allow vulnerabilities to hit the market. Mm -hmm. And back to the earlier in the conversation, do we ever fix it? Mm -hmm. Nope. <laughs> well, and there's the whole balance too between like your MVP or minimal viable product yep. and needing people to use it to know what some of the issues are, but then also making sure that there's not true massive risk to mm -hmm. that. So like, how do you like train and like balance some of that? It's a good question. Um, it depends, right? So even, I mean, we go into startups and we go in enterprise and it really doesn't matter. There's a lot of, I would say, unqualified people um, mm -hmm. or don't have the security expertise. Um, and so, yeah, they build an MVP, right? Mm -hmm. And it's almost negligence, right? To, if you're not architecting um, some sort of security in there um, that you can build off of on a, as a foundation, um, kind of shouldn't be building the software to begin with, mm -hmm. or you haven't validated the idea enough to be building anything. So I always say like, if you're building before you've like validated something, and this goes back to product development, right? Mm -hmm. You should be able to design prototypes or super nice wireframes and like walk people through a PowerPoint. Yep. Do that before you negligently build a piece of crap software yep. that you're never gonna fix, mm -hmm. right? Get the feedback, then build the product. Then you're not gonna care about spending a little bit more money to start building it secure by design mm -hmm. and then continuously. And then, um, but that's what people want, right? And so that's what I was referring to before is like your customers, your partners, everybody wants to know that you're actually doing these things. Mm -hmm. And so who cares if you've built an MVP? Nobody's gonna buy it if you can't validate mm -hmm. that you've done the things, the security stuff. Yeah. Right? Well, and when companies and products or solutions can pop up in a matter of seconds now, yep. I'm sure, you know, going back to what you're saying for like VCs and everyone else, people were, you know, unicorn status, like, like very quickly. Mm -hmm. And not just that, but it was also, you're seeing some of these products or solutions that when they're popping up, people are like throwing money at them mm -hmm. without making sure what's under the hood is actually working. And so, you know, I, I, are VCs then using you to validate that what they're actually seeing before they throw money in or before they do an acquisition, they can make sure that what what they're showing potentially in a PowerPoint or whatever else. Because yep. if I look at code, I'm not going to know. Yep. If I look under the hood, I wouldn't know what to be looking for. Yep. No, we, we're actively involved with M&A due diligence, um, both or, or pre-investment, right? Mm -hmm. And so I would say VCs um, right around seed or series A. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, they want to understand what they're investing in. And so, but they also want to, they also know what's coming, right? And mm-hmm. what's coming is these organizations or products or startups, whatever, have to act like a mature organization, mm-hmm. right? And if they're selling to enterprise customers, guess what? The enterprise customer third-party risk management procurement processes are going to say, where's your compliance attestation or assessment? Where's, mm-hmm. how can you prove where the security... <laughs> <laughs> oh, tequila. Tequila. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. CX and chill, I guess. CX and chill. <laughs> I'm chill now. Yeah. <laughs> um, Where was I at? I don't know. That burns. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need your water? No, I'm good. It made my throat better. <laughs> <laughs> because you just couldn't feel it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> what um, do they call that? Training wheels? Training wheels. Hmm. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Not doing it Would then. this make you feel better if I drink it too? No. Mm. Training wheels. Well, you know. <laughs> I don't feel bad. I don't care. Um, no, so the, from the, the VCs, um, they want to see their companies mature, right? Yeah. Because they're selling to enterprise, right? And then from the P, uh, private equity perspective, they're going to sell. They, mm-hmm. want their, they want their portfolio companies to sell. And so... Traditionally, security wasn't a huge concern. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they want a data-driven approach to uh, mature the company, right? Mm-hmm. And then prepare them for exit. Mm-hmm. And guess what? The due diligence, very expensive consultants that are gonna come in and try to um, get the deal lower for yeah. the acquirer mm-hmm. is gonna pick on everything, mm-hmm. right? Well, if you give them gaps, they're yeah. gonna pick on that, right? Yeah. So through the entire life cycle, you have to worry about all of this. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do it from the beginning, it's significantly more expensive the more later in the game that you do it, yeah. right? And so... Um, well, it's you, like building a house and having a rocky foundation. 100%. Like if you have a big crack or you're like a leaning tower of Pisa, like it's not going to go that. well. Like how do you get back to that, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So then when you look at that, are you going into some of these companies like a startup or whatever mm-hmm. as they're on the ground level and you're trying to help them understand it yep. instead of them having to build their own teams who maybe don't know as much? Or is that something that you train their teams? Um, we have a two-pronged approach there. We can do both, right? Okay. And so um, what, we've, what we've really realized in the industry is um, we're just like the whole talent shortage thing is not mm-hmm. a, a fake news. Like it's mm-hmm. for real. And so traditionally, like developers aren't security experts, right? Mm-hmm. And so I think developers understand that security is important. Um, some of them are proactively going out and understanding and learning the things. But um, there's an element where, yes, we can help and augment, you know, from a security perspective with the platform and uh, from an advisory perspective, mm-hmm. really kind of be there to mentor. Um, but initially, we want to help them improve their, op- their product operations first before we start throwing security and compliance at them. Um, but once we do that, we can overlay the automation integration. But then um, let's say they start to mature and they may, may have a little bit more budget. Um, we do actually offer um, training um, that's in fully integrated. So like if you were a developer um, and you created a vulnerability, I could actually serve up contextualized, personalized um, training for you on the mm-hmm. vulnerability that you just created. So it's kind of like bringing in just-in-time uh, manufacturing training. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like if you have a dog and you're training it and you wait five days to say you shouldn't have peed in the house. And it's like, well, they, doesn't work. it's like you're not yeah. going to – you have to like tell them right at that moment. You have to catch them yeah. in the act. Yeah. Otherwise, same thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same thing. So there's an element we I mean, can do dogs that. urinating and, and people – It's kind of the same products. thing. They're urinating in the code or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with that. Yeah. Okay. Thanks. I appreciate that you just like rolled with it. <laughs> okay. So when you're talking, to, like you, you talked about startups, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably easier for founders to say, okay, I'm creating this product or service. I'm solving a problem. I'm not an expert at security and I can use someone or help, have them help me from the ground up. Yep. If you're at a really large company who generally it takes a lot to move that ship Mm-hmm. Like you're there, you know that there's product issues. You know that there's some of these vulnerabil- vulnerabilities. Yeah, I think it's the tequila shot. Um, <laughs> what, do, like, what is your recommendation to them? Like, how, where do they start? Like, how can they get their company, or how can they get some attention to it to to make that shift happen? 
Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends on the strategy of the company. Um, so some companies, and I don't want to necessarily say recommendations, but what we've seen, because yeah. um, I'm not necessarily an expert as like a CIO or something like that. So what we've seen though, is um, some enterprise companies will kind of like break off and say, we're going to leave the old stuff alone, mm-hmm. right? And we're going to keep that. And, yeah, right? It's kind of scary. Yeah. That's not, as, a, as an outside vendor, it's not my problem, right? Yeah. Do that. Um, but then they also adopt the strategy of, hey, we need to move fast, right? And so we need to adopt the new technologies, the new processes, the new tools. And so what we see tend to happen is, they, talk, they kind of take the best of the best, the experts, the people that are proactively researching and being like, oh, I want to try that new thing. I want to do that. And they they t- kind of take the approach of like, let's enable that person mm-hmm. or that team. And they kind of create this like structure of we'll let them experiment for a while, get used to the new stuff, and then we'll start to scale it. Right. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we've seen. And so like when they get the ability to launch a new product, um, then they'll start to overlay um, you know, new security and they start to look at things differently. Um, and then we start to see like different teams kind of show up mm-hmm. like a governance committee, um, safety team mentality. And these are all like teams that are meant to be able to like jump on and off different product teams yeah. that have kind of adopted the new. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we're starting to see. Um, then you have some enterprises that are like, we're just going to trash the old yeah. and just shift everything. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it's a strategy, right? And it's really based on, you know, what are the budgets, budget constraints, what are our resources, uh, Mm -hmm. and the resource constraints? Um, you know, what's the business value of like keeping the old stuff and or, Mm -hmm. and or evolving it to new stuff, right? What's the, what's the cost to do that? And what's our timeline to do those things? Um, I'm not an expert on like from a CIO strategy perspective, but, um, those are what we're seeing. Um, but again, security is not built into those things. So they're still kind of greenfield mm-hmm. on understanding how do you do security above and beyond, like just adopting the new, mm-hmm. right? And so that's where we come in with our expertise and say, if you're adopting the new stuff, we can absolutely help here. Um, mm-hmm. And we'll help your teams get faster and better over time. We're not, re- from our perspective, we're not really worried about the old stuff. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, there are some clients that I've had who are massive Fortune 500 companies who I've seen on green screens. Mm-hmm. So, and I mean, you know, like some the FAA. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's very scary. It's, and especially when they're still airport. using like those dot printer machines, which half of our audience probably doesn't even know what that means. Right? <laughs> especially my Oof. children. They'd be like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, but I think when it comes down to it, it's, I think a lot of companies are in that weird pivotal point where do I dump everything and start new Mm -hmm. or how can I build and grow Mm -hmm. as, as we do. And I think there's a lot of concern and people are really scared to make those moves just because it's like, well, what's going to happen if I do that? Status quo, right? Yes. And so sunk cost is not a strategy. Yeah. I like to say that to people all the time. If you've invested a lot of, dollars but you're mm-hmm. scared to move to the new mm-hmm. because of sunk cost we spent all this money doing this okay well you may have spent mm-hmm. all this money doing it and you did the wrong thing mm-hmm. you made the wrong decision or it's just yeah. time right yeah. acknowledge the investment that you made but acknowledge the investment that you're gonna have to make but also acknowledge i think the roi of moving in this direction mm-hmm. if your competitors are moving faster than you it may be time to look Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. that's what's happening. And by the way, if you're an enterprise company and you don't see the startups starting to take your lunch mm-hmm. because they did adopt the new from the ground up, yeah. you're kind of asleep at the wheel. Mm-hmm. Right. And if you're a CEO or an executive that's asleep at the wheel, you don't need to be there. Yeah. Well, and I think it's hard too. like I, I look and I compare a lot of things. to I watch my kids, you know, mm-hmm. they're teenagers and I watch how they use technology. Mm-hmm. And, and I may have said this before, but instead of it, I try to always look at the positive side. So instead of saying maybe lazy, and I love my children, you're all great. Don't worry about it. I say lazy. They're too. hustlers. Oh, they're hustlers. She's she's just more she's independent. Great. They're more efficient. <laughs> efficient. Like honestly, some of the things I've learned from them on my phone, they're like, Mom, why do you scan right? to look through apps? Search. That's a good question. 
They, like, they've taught me so many things. I'm like, oh, my God, they're so much faster than right? me at this stuff. I'm like, maybe you guys should do I my thought job. I was efficient. Yeah. And so they do things because they're digitally native. Mm-hmm. You know, I was a millennial, but technically a nixennial because I didn't grow up on technology. I mean, other than Oregon Trail and I was dying from dysentery. <laughs> like, that was just like you just it was very morbid. Like fifth, sixth grade, right? you're like. Now you're going to cross the plains of North Dakota where I lived. But like you're going to cross the plains. Like are you going to afford the river or like and you're like making decisions for your family on complete and utter death. You're like, well, here we go, people. And now you have kids who they don't know anything other than technology. And so I watch how they use it because they're the future. Right. Whether we like it or not, they're the ones who are looking at how are we using things. Mm -hmm. And we're all hearing about ChatGPT. And then my kids are already using it. And then it's already been banned from schools, right? And so there's like this really crazy flux of volatility around technology. But it's trying to figure out too, when I look at large companies who are big brand names or people that, you know, I even do business with, and I look at how they service customers or how they build their products or how they're updating, I get very concerned that it's not the old days where my mom always bought this product, so I do. My kids don't care. Like nope. if it's not easy yep. and it's not something that's going to make their lives better fast, they're like, Psh, you know, and so there's they're on demand. Yes. They yes. want things. And it's probably, you know, I'm working on parenting, <laughs> but they want things fast. And mm-hmm. they're, if there's any friction, they're out. Yep. They're like, nah, this could be easier. I'm not doing this. Yep. And so, but they're also very persuadable. You know, they'll jump on like prime, which is like a, a drink you know, like a Gatorade or whatever. And like, where did this come from? You can't even buy it on the shelves where I live because all these teenagers want it. It's like $4 a bottle. I'm like, what made this so effective? Well, it was probably some viral video on TikTok or something, right? So it's trying to figure out how can brands who were huge, massive companies who generation after generation customers relied on now move to a, your younger customers are like, don't care if you were a big name before, because if you don't move fast and but do it the right way and make yep. it easy for me to do business with you. I'm not going to do business with you. 100%. And so how do you, like, I mean, when you look at that, I know you have a kid too. Like, how yep. do you manage the building moving fast, but also making sure that it's high quality out the door? Like, how do you manage that constraint within some of these businesses who have that culture debate between the two? That's a deep question. I know. That was long. It was. Like I don't a even. Lot know. I'm talking. still like following it. I'm like, it's there's like a trail there. So many things. <laughs> I know. But it's for you I'm to like, figure out. I'm like, hmm, how do I? Am I going to answer this? Going back. So originally, when I was thinking, I was like, is she going down the digital transformation path? Kind of. Because uh, I, I like off that. Because you're bringing me back like consulting days, and I like. I'm yeah. cool with that. I like it. So mm-hmm. like, um, uh, just I go think, with the digital yeah, transformation. With it. Um, so like uh-huh. when we were brought in to, to do essentially that yeah. um, in consulting, it was how do we bring the the operations of an organization closer to the customer experience, right? And mm-hmm. so the operations actually became the customer experience, yeah. right? And so when you look at companies like Airbnb, um, all of these new age companies, that's, that's what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Whereas like, let's say, you wanted to rent, do a rental unit, right? Mm-hmm. And you'd, you'd have to go to like a management firm or whatever. And it was all based on their operational experience, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's not the customer experience. I don't want that. So what you're talking about is I want the Airbnb experience. Mm-hmm. I want the customer experience. And then however you guys deal with it on the back end on operations, I don't care, right? You deal with that. The, mm-hmm. That's your experience that you have to worry about. So I think what you're saying is like the need for digital transformation and um, that's what the big companies are yeah. really requiring. Take the Airbnb mindset. Like if you're an old logistics company and you're not thinking about, hey, I need to move my home like next week. How do I facilitate like getting a quote, um, understanding what the experience is right now? And mm-hmm. can I check out with that right now in like a matter of like 15 minutes or less? Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk to your salesperson. I don't want somebody coming to my house. No, give me a freaking logistics truck. Yeah. Come get my crap. And get me out of my house and move me next, right? Yeah. So that's digital transformation, right? So when you talk about um, digital transformation, you actually have to secure those things. And when you're talking about digital transformation of an enterprise, those systems that those companies are going to be building, by the way, they have the resources to build secure in yeah. by design. 
they already have the processes that map from the customer experience to the operations. Mm -hmm. Those are already done. Like mm -hmm. facilitate the, the streamlining with software and just secure it. There's yeah. no validation that's needed. There's no MVP. Mm -hmm. Just think, rethink the process, make it streamlined, secure by design, build it. Your customer experience is baked in with secure, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Did I get it? I don't know. I mean, I don't even know what question I asked at this point. <laughs> so I think it was, a, it was a great answer. I think it was a good answer. Yeah, it was great. All yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah, I, I like it. Um, so um, one of the things we like to ask too is oh something that <laughs> you're like, uh oh, she's going on a tangent again. I don't know what we're going with. Um, is one of the, you know, um, Exo Studios, we like to stay wild, right? We want to always like not be put in a box. We want to figure out like, what are, what are you passionate about? What can you do to make sure that you don't, it's like grow or die mentality, right? right? So what do you do to stay wild? I don't know. I feel like I should go like Joe Rogan style. Or <laughs> <laughs> it always makes everyone blush. Talking no about one wants to answer. <laughs> Just be myself. Yeah. Oh. Myself. Look at you going through the whole song. I know. <laughs> okay, I did watch that on the flight over. <laughs> <laughs> and for those listening, what is that? Just friends. Oh, just friends. Okay. <laughs> Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Oh, Ryan Reynolds. Good movie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. We we aren't, we aren't sponsored by anyone, just so everyone knows. So <laughs> you don't have to, but people seem to love him. Right. I, yeah, I love Ryan I Reynolds. You can throw some gin over here or tequila or whatever. <sighs> I know we tequila. already had tequila. <laughs> yeah, we probably. Oh, more tequila. Oh, mas tequila. I'm not sure about that. I was already asking questions that went down rabbit holes. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, right? Um, so TikTok. <laughs> there's so many topics that were covered. Somehow I'm supposed to wrap all of this, but I don't even know where to start. Right. Um, so going back, like, so where you're at now versus where you want to be. Like when you look at what's your big goal, big dream of like where you want to take things or the impact you want to make. Um, it's funny. Uh, I was talking to one of investors earlier today and he asked me the same thing. Mm -hmm. And um, he asked me, you know, if somebody offered you this much money for the company, would you take it? And I was like, you know what? That's interesting, but mm -hmm. we're not actually um, solving the problem that I sought out to solve. So mm -hmm. no, right? Yeah. And I'm like, just, I'm adding to the problem if I took that money and that company that just bought me, who he mentioned, was like, they're just gonna gobble us up and shut us down because we're mm -hmm. disruptive to their, to their business model. And that's why I'm in it. Yeah. I wanna disrupt some shit. So your bull logo is actually you, like you're the bull in the china shop. I guess you could go kind there. Of? I mean, with the, with what I just said, I guess yeah. you could say that. But not. You're like, I'm gonna go and break a bunch of shit <laughs> break and it. see what happens. <laughs> but in a very empowering, people focused way. Yes. Okay, great. Okay. We'll go that's with that. Perfect. That's perfect. But no, the bull's not that. It, the bull is about um, uh, everything that has happened uh, in the last several years has happened in April. Okay. Um, which kind of just happened to be my birthday. Okay. Um, but we also had to launch the company in April because I sold a big deal and they're like, we need a company name and I, mm -hmm. I created the company. But it actually has become a very proud uh, uh, moment for me, for the brand, um, because we actually figured it out. Like we, it was intentional at the beginning, but we didn't really know how to describe it. Mm -hmm. um, but what it looks like now is uh, exactly, uh, it encompasses our value proposition and our, and our differentiator at the same time. Sure. And it is, we call it the space platform. So security posture. So you're like Elon Musk, you're going to Mars. <sighs> I guess with, with <laughs> Robots, the space platform, everything. I'm not as smart as Elon Musk. I wish I could be, but. I mean, Joe Rogan, <laughs> we're talking about the same thing. All right. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're pretty much just as important as they are. <laughs> just as important. At this important. point, yeah. Okay, so wait, talk about the logo. What does that um, mean? Or like, what did the name mean? And was there a name before that was a placeholder? What was it? What was the name? Because like, what was it? Google was Backrub or something, right? Like just something where you're like, that would not even work anymore. Backrub. Yeah, that was, I think, what it was named. I'm I don't know. We like need to Google that. 90% certainty on that. <laughs> we'll, we'll check it out. But so what was the logo or what was the name intention before? Torsier was the original. Okay, and original. Yeah. Um, the OG name. The OG name. Okay, what did it stand for? What, when you say it pulls it all together, what does it mean? It's analytics. So, um, Security posture analytics, and uh, it's connecting the dots, like the constellation, so the constellation right? Of okay. So Taurus, and then Seer. Seer means insight, right? Okay. And so the platform's job is to automate analytics, pull it all together, and create insight. And this, the bulls, 
tail, tail is the insight, right? Okay. So this is the more, most important thing to work on. We're pulling all the story together. We're pulling all the data together. Go work on that. Okay. Right? Yeah. So nice. That's what we did. Okay. Anything else you want to share that's important with for our guests of just when they're thinking cybersecurity, when they're thinking how to build products or really looking at making sure they're putting secure or safe products out to market, like, is there any last words you'd give them? Yeah, I would, I would say um, what's really cool is I don't really have to say it anymore as my advice. Um, the market has kind of come in our direction mm -hmm. and the advice that we're getting from uh, customers that are coming to us in the, in the channel is they're like, I want to completely reimagine what we're doing mm -hmm. from a, a cybersecurity perspective and a security perspective. And what's really cool about that is that's what we've been saying the entire time. Mm -hmm. And the entire time was meant by that is you want to design an intentional security architecture sure. that meets the demands of the business, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're constraining your, your business from actually making money um, with that product or service, you're not doing cybersecurity right. You're not mm -hmm. doing it well. Um, so we've been getting a lot of requests lately. It's like, hey, I just want to blow up what we have, mm -hmm. rethink it, right? Yeah. And I'm like, that is awesome because yeah. that's exactly what you should do because traditionally you've been doing it with patchwork and band-aids mm -hmm. and it's really expensive that way mm -hmm. and it's disruptive. So do it with intent, do it over, rethink it, rethink it with logic mm -hmm. and systematically design out what you should be doing so you can deliver those products faster and meet the demands of your customers. And if you do that, you're always focused on the product and the customer, and you can always map back what you should be doing in security. I think the universe is really liking what you're saying because with all the, <laughs> all the light that flickering. That was prolific. <laughs> the most profound thought you've ever had. <laughs> yes. Well, thank you for being on the show. We appreciate your time. Hopefully people think about things differently when they're really looking at product design and also what you're putting out for your customers to make sure that in the end, it's making everyone's lives better versus making things more questionable or worse or actually scary at some points. Yep. Thank you for having me. Yeah. And that's our show. CX and Chill is a production of Exo Studios, the creative marketing arm of ExtendOps. With today's host, Stephanie Todd, executive producer, Sean McCreary, producers, David Spear, Clarissa Coronado, and Mahmoud Davalos, editors and videographers, Carlos Alfonso and Santiago Aguirre, graphic support from Jordan Madrid, and social media guru, Claudia Corona. Thanks for tuning in. Check us out next time for more CX and Chill. Jeremy's company, Tower Seer, is now StartLeft Security. Learn more at startleftsecurity.com.